0: Welcome to the ExpatCast. This is the podcast where expats share their stories about fitting in, standing out, and every mishap on the journey to finding home abroad. I'm your host, Nicole, and I'm coming to you from Prague right now. I am recording this on my phone, but bear with me. The rest of the episode is recorded on my good microphone, I promise you. I recorded this one a couple months ago, actually, at this point. I asked my Instagram listeners for questions that I could answer in a Q&A episode. And then I invited my good friend Zoe on the show to ask me the questions. You guys might know Zoe from a couple episodes that she's been on. One of them, we talked about her decision to move back to the U.S. or to permanently, or at least semi-permanently live in the U.S. She had lived abroad in France and then done sort of long-term travel a couple times where she was gone for like six months or so yeah and and somewhere along the line she decided no i I actually want to choose not to keep pursuing this life abroad but rather choose the u.s so that was the one episode and the other was about solo travel which is actually very appropriate because i am currently solo traveling i took a train to nuremberg over the weekend and i got to see my nuremberg crew something about that place it attracts such good people (laughs) and every time i go i get to make new friends or one of the best things is podcast buddies turned real life friends. So actually I met up with Shannon who did the Travel Germany Nuremberg episode on the show years ago. And I'll also link that in the show notes this week because I did go to some of her suggestions on this trip and let me tell you, they were great. So highly recommend. Also shout out to Shannon for being great. She even gave me some books so I could have something to read on my trip. So wow, amazing, fantastic. Nuremberg was Great as always, I just love it there. Yeah, and then I took a bus over here to Prague and I just finished editing this episode and I reference how I really wanna to go to Prague but I've never been. <laughs> so kind of amazing what could happen in a couple months. Me being in Prague was kind of a last minute thing. I had something else planned for this week and it fell through. So like, I don't know, a week or so, week and a half ago, I made this plan and I'm here and I'm going to Sofia in Bulgaria tomorrow yeah true tomorrow i should pack but let me tell you guys prague is as amazing as everyone said it would be (laughs) i really really like it here and being here on halloween just feels so right it's all foggy and creepy like i just definitely think that there's supernatural creatures around all the corners and i feel weirdly comfortable with that um because that's what this city makes you do and i'm sitting here in this hotel which is like quite nice and i'm paying 50 euros a night for like it's just so affordable here Um, I really like it. Anyway, yeah, I hope you enjoyed this question and answer session. Enjoy!
1: I'm Zoe. I'm originally from right outside of Philadelphia. I currently live in South Philadelphia and i've been living in philly since 2018
0: and i'm i'm pulling you back onto the show because i don't want to talk to you myself but i decided i would do a q and a episode so i i sourced a bunch of questions from listeners on instagram and i was like cool this will be fun to do and then i was like oh shoot I really don't want to just like ask myself questions and then answer like that feels really weird to me. So um, you're fun to talk to. And so (laughs) I invited you. So thanks for coming.
1: (laughs) Thanks for having me. Um, Okay, so I am going to ask you these questions in no particular order. Here we go. Where are you from?
0: Oh, same as you a little town outside of Philadelphia. I would say like a very typical American suburban existence, (laughs) especially my specific neck of the woods. Um, But yeah, I think we were like maybe what 30, 40 minutes drive from Center City, Philly, in the state of Pennsylvania. For anyone international, it's like an hour and a half or two hours to New York City and hour to two hours, depending on where you want to go to the new jersey coast jersey shore (laughs) um dc i think is also only about two hours right yeah and then if you went two hours west you did the mountains like the appalachia isn't that appalachian mountains
1: um yeah the mountains are to the west of us i just don't think they're two hours away like two hours west of us is harrisburg
0: yes you well but you have some of the like they're not huge mountains but they're like little pre-mountains as you can tell neither of us grew up going to the mountains a lot
1: (laughs) I actually did is the problem. Oh,
0: no. (laughs) I think most people went to the Poconos, which is like north. Yeah. I guess I say this all to say it's near a lot of very cool things. It's like this northeast big city vibe. One thing that I've learned since leaving the Philly area that's a bit distinct about it is it's, like, such a high percentage of a Jewish population, and I just kind of thought that was normal that, like, you go to school and you ask a new friend and you're like, are you Jewish or Christian? Because those were, like, the predominant options yeah. and then I, I almost everywhere else I've lived um in the u s. and of course here in Germany, too, having that kind of a Jewish population is considered like rare and like super special. And I just thought that was really normal,
1: yeah. And I think especially in the suburb that we were in, it had a pretty high Jewish population. But you're right. The Philadelphia area in general is very Jewish,
0: yeah. It was really great for so many reasons, but including that you just have extra days off of school because, you have a lot of like the traditional Christian holidays, like Christmas and things like that, off Easter. Um, but you also like we had through the high holidays right in September.
1: Yeah, September usually it's like Rosh Hashanah yeah. and Yom Kippur. Anyway, next question: How long after moving did you start calling Germany home?
0: Um, probably right away. <laughs> but like for me, it's a very <laughs> functional term, and I mean just like where I live. <laughs> Yeah, I think it never became relevant until I was visiting the US again. And I remember someone asking me, when do you fly back? And I was like, oh, yeah, I go home on whatever. And this was like three or four months after moving there. And yeah, it was one of my aunts. And she was like, oh, so like, Germany is home, huh? And I was like, oh, shoot, I wasn't trying to say something significant. I just was saying when I go on an airplane. <laughs> and I think that made me aware of it. That's why the memory is with me. But I think it's always just been a like technical term for me and not a meaning carrying one. I don't know if it ever really feels like home in this bigger sense for me, but I've moved a lot. I mean, I moved every like two to five years of my adulthood. So I don't know if I ever really get that feeling the same way I would say like yeah the suburb that we're from is home but actually that's technically true for me that the suburb I'm from is home but I don't feel that way like I I felt very moved out from it as soon as I moved out when I was 18 so I don't know I think for me I guess what I'm trying to say is that it doesn't feel like an emotionally loaded term and so from that point of view it happened immediately
1: yeah I think that means different things to different people I certainly like I mean the suburb where we're from my parents don't even have a house there anymore so if that's like a weird home situation for me, because now when people talk about home as if like that, like as if where their family is, where their parents are, that quote unquote home is somewhere that I never lived as a child. OK, this is an important one. OK, was it an American or German cheesecake?
0: <laughs> OK, so context there when I was when I was soliciting questions from people on Instagram, I was like, okay, let me just share a recent picture of myself to like put the little question box next to. And it was a picture of me laughing joyously while eating a cheesecake. And it was a German cheesecake, (laughs) Um, specifically from the town of Schaufen, which is near Freiburg. It's like 20 minutes away. And it's kind of famous because it's allegedly where Faust made the deal with the devil. If you're in the Freiburg area, you should visit Schaufen and you should go to this Bakery. I don't remember what it was called, but it's like the famous bakery in Stauffen. You'll find it um, and get their cheesecake because it was really, really good. Um, but also, if you go to Stauffen, you should go to the Bolivian empanada stand, which I visited last weekend and it was so great. And the owner is the nicest lady ever. And I actually was in Stauffen that day trying to get her empanadas, but she was already closed. So I got cheesecake instead.
1: Um, when I visited you and you created a to do list for me, Um, none of these things were on it. (laughs) It's true. Thanks. You're welcome. You're welcome. I really missed out. Um, Oh, this is kind of related. Uh, What are some places or experiences that are still on your Europe bucket list?
0: Ooh, so many. There's still some places in Germany I'd really like to go, but like smaller towns, I guess. Mostly ones that I learned about through the Travel Germany series that I have done within this podcast where I like interview people who live in like smaller towns that you might not think to visit about what they like to do there and like what a visitor could do. I'm I'm usually very enticed by that and then I want to go there. So there's a long list of those. But actually, I would rather spend my time going further these days. I've never really been to pretty much any parts of Eastern Europe at all. I really want to go to Vienna and Prague. I would really like to go to um, Estonia, Latvia, I don't know, just a long list of places. I, I kind of always wanted to go to Ukraine because I went to a Ukrainian high school. And so we always like talked about the culture there and the history. Okay,
1: so this is a shout out to Sarah. One challenge about living abroad that you didn't anticipate.
0: Sarah's one of our friends from home. <laughs> okay, the first season of this podcast, I interviewed a guy named Mark. And the episode was called You Are Where You Live. Because this is a thing that he said that has haunted me since then. <laughs> he lives in in Prague and he's been living there for a long time. Yeah, in the interview he said, one thing you need to think about when you're moving somewhere is like the longer you stay there, the more it becomes who you are. And yeah, you are where you live. And I remember feeling a little bit of fear around it because I was like, I don't want to just be wherever I am. But I think the longer I live here, the more I'm like, nah, he's really right. I don't think... I was prepared for that. Like I went through kind of a rough time last year in Germany where I feel like I was really frustrated with not with the way people seemed to be treating me. And I I, I used to think it was because my German wasn't good enough. And then I thought like, I don't know, I tried out all of these different ways to have a better interaction with the people around me. And what I was trying back then was to just really just submit myself to their mindset and stop trying to be this like American here but rather just really integrate next level and become like the specific German community that I was around at the time and that went really poorly for me like I mean it didn't really change the way people treated me and I became really miserable like I was going into any situation with like a service person or like a government agent in such a negative mindset. And I was really assuming that they would be mean and unhelpful and that it would go poorly. And so I was going in with this like defensiveness and somewhat aggressiveness, which I had learned through the people that I was around at that time and how they were going into situations with me. <laughs> and I didn't like it, but I thought maybe the solution is to mirror it. Well, you know, I would go in with this t- negative mindset and the people would be totally nice and helpful and like perfectly fine but I I was being so mean to them initially that I would have to like ease back from it and I really I, I didn't like that and I think yeah I guess when I think about challenges I think about that it's like how how do you em- embrace or admit the fact that you are where you live without letting some of the more negative aspects become you as well like I think I'm still trying to fi- find out how this works but I feel like I at least for a while there was becoming kind of a worse person and I yeah and I haven't found (laughs) I haven't found a way to be myself but still get the sort of respect and friendliness that I would like from someone I'm, I'm I'm talking to or dealing with because the cultural context is so important and yeah just I haven't figured it out
1: okay um this one is just Emily telling you that she loves you and she misses you (laughs)
0: Emily is also a friend from home (laughs) who I love and miss dearly. Hi, Emily. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, What would you have done differently in these five years now that you know how life here is?
0: Okay. So you know how I was saying with this whole like journey I've gone through of like trying to figure out how to go into situations better and like I went through this whole phase of trying to just be more German old person about it? (laughs) Yes, I do remember
1: that from a few minutes ago.
0: (laughs) okay so several steps before that phase uh, or iteration of problem solving about that topic i really thought for the first like maybe two and a half years three years that the issue was my german and that i was just like not fluent enough to understand these things and i would always be like no like german people are nice you just have to understand them and da-da-da-da. yeah like I-, I i said the wrong thing or i said it i said it in the wrong way and that's why people are being not nice to me so yeah i went through a lot of like self-guilt about this whole thing and I I mean it did motivate me to get my German to a really good steady place so that's productive and good but I think I would tell myself then like actually there does not seem to be any level of fluency that will make people be super American friendly kind to you (laughs) like sometimes there are just like big cultural differences. And I'm not saying that I that I think all German people are unfriendly or mean. Like I, I don't necessarily stand by that statement. But I would just say like, I definitely self-guilted myself into being like, you're the problem. And if you just push through and solve yourself, you won't have these problems. And like, that's not the case. And I put myself, it's like an ongoing thing. Anytime I have a bad interaction, I'm like, What did I do wrong that I, like, earned this person to treat me like this? Like, this just happened the other day. I was going on vacation. I went to check out – I think they're called, like, a turtle box. You put them on top of your car, and then you put things in it. Do you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Yeah,
1: like, where you would put, like, a kayak or something.
0: No, no, because it's, like, you put stuff inside of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm okay. imagining kayaks are much smaller than they are. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> you could put yeah. a toy kayak. A kayak you would just put like up a there, toy kayak, like
0: tent or something.
1: Yeah, no, I know, I <laughs> do know exactly what you mean. I just <laughs> I don't know why I said kayak.
0: <laughs> okay, so whatever that thing is, I was picking one of those up. And the guy was looking at me so blankly and then he was like acting like he didn't have the order for it and he was like asking me weird questions and he was just being super weird and suspicious of me and and not trusting me at all. He seemed to treat me like he was thinking I was incompetent or something. And so I left the situation being like, oh, it's so frustrating. Like, what did I say wrong? Or like, how did I present myself wrong that he decided I didn't know anything and that I was incompetent? Like, was it, is it that I'm, Like a woman showing up to a car shop. Was it my accent? And at one point he straight up told me, I can't understand you. So there definitely was some kind of language barrier, which was strange because we were communicating in German the whole time. But he just stopped talking to me at some point because he said he couldn't understand a word I was saying. Um, And that really bummed me out and i was like man like i'm fluent in german i work in german i go through all these situations in life in german and it's still not good enough like my accent's too strong my grammar's too bad like and then when i was telling people about this they were like why do you think that that's a conclusion and i was like well, well clearly it's cuz of a personal failing right and then <laughs> when we went to give the um the the thing the the turtle shell box thing back after vacation my boyfriend was with me and We were treated basically the same way. (laughs) He was like, yeah, that guy is just like super weird. It's clear. He's like doesn't interact with people very much. Like he's the mechanic. Maybe he's just not in customer service much. Who knows? Like who knows what his deal is? But he was just like as a human was just treating people weird. And I was like, oh, I literally didn't believe the people around me when they were like, it's not a you problem. It's that that guy has some kind of strange thing going on. So I think it's a lesson I'm still trying to learn, but I would definitely tell me from five years ago, like, of course, you should do your part and you should learn the language and you should integrate into the culture and all the stuff. Absolutely. Also, when things don't go the way you would like it to go, it does not mean that it's your fault that you did something wrong. Like who you are is also okay. And um, yeah, I think that's, yeah, it's it's hard for me to even say that because I'm still trying to accept that, I guess.
1: Yeah, I can feel that is like coming, like you're struggling with that coming out of your mouth.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm literally just repeating what other people keep telling me and I like it, but I don't feel it yet, you know, and it's something I'm really working on actively lately and I'm, I'm kind of getting there, but it's just really hard. I I've, I've felt for a while now, like, like I am the problem and that I just need to do better. <laughs> I'm doing my best, you know, and so I think, yeah, I think that's one really big thing. Finding a balance there. Like, I think, again, I think those things can be really good motivators. On the other hand, it's a lot of guilt and, like, beating myself up that I could just spare myself if I could really learn to believe it.
1: I have the opposite problem where I just assume everyone's having a bad day. And I'm like, <laughs> well, it's clearly not me. So what's going on here?
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think, I don't know, maybe this is why I put this, like, overweight um, on the the cultural aspect of it or the language aspect of it because I think I used to think more that way maybe it's just because I was around you more (laughs) and I was like getting infected by your mindset but I think I used to be like well that was a weird dude or like that was a bad experience but whatever like that's just that person and now I I really just just switched and gotten weighed down by it
1: (laughs) well it is really different I mean like you have had the experience of living abroad and feeling like um you're being othered Over and over. So that definitely can uh, affect how you perceive situations in a way that like when you're living at home where you're from and you are in your comfort zone and going about your situations, you're like, well, I know exactly how I'm supposed to deal with this situation. And they are acting abnormally um, Mm -hmm. in response. And like, I know exactly like that this is the correct way to do this. Um, whereas there's a lot of uncertainty when you're living in another country.
0: Yeah. That's a, that's a good way of putting it. And it's true. I mean, I've, I've been told outright, like with that guy, like I cannot understand you (laughs) and the words you are saying. And when you have enough experiences like that, where someone is just straight up putting it on you, then you're like, huh, I guess it is me.
1: (laughs) Okay. What are some of the favorite, your favorite places you've
0: traveled? Lisbon slash Portugal generally. Yes. Norway was freaking amazing. Oh, I really like Luzern, L- 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 Luzern in, in Switzerland. Um, it's just this like tiny town in the foothills of the Alps <laughs> with a bunch of lakes around it. It's just beautiful. Florence is a city I've been to a couple times, but not in like probably six years or something. I really want to go back. Oh, wow. But I just It's also a place I really, I just loved when I was there I, every time. And like nothing, I didn't do anything special. I just, yeah, I just, I just liked existing there.
1: Well, the next time that you're in Florence, you should go to their natural history museum. But it is fantastic. Yeah. It's like a normal natural history museum, right? So like there's all these taxidermied animals and they talk about I assume that they're talking about them. Um but all of the signs are in Italian, so I have no idea. Um <laughs> and so it's like normal, but it's also kind of like a history of taxidermy. Um oh. because a lot of these specimens were taxidermied so long ago that it's like obvious. Um, and you can kind of see the techniques change. I really enjoyed it next time you're there. And they also have like really beautiful gardens.
0: Do you know what this whole thing about taxidermy made me think of? Another what? favorite of mine. What? The world's largest pig museum. The world's
1: largest pig museum. <laughs> They don't have any taxidermied pigs there, do they?
0: Um, no, but they have a lot of stuffed pigs, that, like stuffed animal pigs that they're presenting as though they're taxidermied pigs. Yeah. Yeah. I went to the World largest Pig Museum with you just a couple months ago and like, wow, great. Just a great time. I almost cried. It
1: was yeah. so wonderful. <laughs> Out, of
0: <fear. laughs>
1: Out of fear and joy and just amazement and disgust I just there's there's so many emotions it's a roller coaster
0: you gotta love a place that really truly makes you feel so intensely
1: yeah um if you were to host a festival who are your three headliners
0: it's not gonna be a a successful festival let's just start there (laughs) because I don't think that many people would want any of this um okay so I would have Andrew Bird. He, I think, should only be enjoyed in an outdoor format. His music is beautiful and wonderful and deserves to be listened to underneath a tree. Um. Okay. Zoe, do you remember Terror Pigeon Dance?
1: Revolt. Yeah. Revolt. Terror Pigeon Dance Revolt. <laughs> one of my favorite bands of all time.
0: <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. I don't even remember the whole story. We probably I'm loving
1: any... the combination already. <laughs>
0: So I think when we were in high school, we were going to like a Harry Potter rock band concert. Longer story. We don't have time for all that. But we were going to that in Philly somewhere. And the opener for the Harry Potter rock band was this band or just this guy. And his band name was Terror Pigeon Dance Revolt. It was incredible. It was a life-changing experience.
1: Yeah. It just was, it was, it's so beautiful and like transcendent and it was like a house show. So we were like in some random person's apartment and so it was very like close quarters and there were maybe only like 12 people at the show. Yeah, it changed my life.
0: And the thing is, I don't remember the music at all, but I remember the performance being very, like, it brought everyone together. Like, I just remember very clearly this one moment he was like, we're all going to make a blanket for it. And he threw this massive piece of fabric into the crowd and we all, like, danced underneath it. And it was weird things like that, which sounds super corny. And I think if you told me about it ahead of time, especially these days, I would just roll my eyes and be like, all right, whatever, whatever. But the way he did it was so, like, warm and authentic and kind. And it just created community out of strangers within minutes. And then the rest of the performance was just, like, goofiness. And it was it was great. And I think that would be a lot of fun at a festival.
1: We've been to more than one of his – I mean, then we started going to shows specifically because Terror Pigeon would be there. Exactly. And he once – we were once going to go to a show in Canada. And our friend Christina – messaged him on facebook and was like oh too bad we can't go to the show in canada because we like weren't able to figure out a ride and he offered to pick us up i take us (laughs) there i forgot about all of this (laughs) yeah what a lovely lovely human i still follow him on instagram highly recommend um he just seems like he's having a great time all the time um and uh Yeah, I'm a big fan. And I was once, this is a longer story, but I was once in um, Ljubljana in Slovenia. I must have posted something about being in Slovenia on my Instagram. And a friend of mine from Philly, from when we used to go swing dancing, uh, messaged me and was like, I'm also in Slovenia right now. (laughs) Uh, And so we met up and we were talking and I don't know how Terra Pigeon Dancer Vault came up, but he also loves that band. What? It was a really, really wild series of <laughs> coincidences. It was, it was really, really wild. I was like, Terra Pigeon, you know all the cool people.
0: <laughs> Bringing people together. Bringing people together.
1: Anyway, okay, um, so who is your third? your third headliner.
0: Okay, my third headliner, I'm just going to keep it classic, The Mountain Goats. They've been my favorite band since the days that we were just discussing yeah. of high school shenanigans and uh, it's always a good time. So I Mountain am goats.
1: very surprised that Monoskin did didn't make it.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, it would also be great, but the thing is I already saw them in a larger environment, so if it was a festival, I would or it would be too big for me, you know? Like I want to see them next in like a more intimate environment.
1: I see. Um, Well, I would go to this festival.
0: There would be two happy campers and then a bunch of people who are like, music (laughs) music festivals are supposed to be cool.
1: (laughs) And they're like, why? What is this combination of foolishness? (laughs) 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 Okay, so this is my last question for you. Now that you've been in Germany for five years, do you still feel like an expat in Germany?
0: Dude, I feel more like an expat. (laughs) Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've had times along the way that I felt more connected to it. There's a whole lot to be said about the term expat and when you use that versus immigrant versus whatever else. I think for me, I always defined expat as like when you're abroad and you don't know how long you're staying. And so it's like some kind of temporary or unknown aspect to it. And that's why I would use that term and not immigrant. Immigrant, I would use for someone who's staying. And there were definitely times where I was like, no, no, no. I'm like, an immigrant here i just probably won't immigrate because i don't want to give up my u.s citizenship but like emotionally i'm not an expat i'm not just like passing by you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i feel not necessarily like i'm passing by like germany does feel like home to me in, in a lot of ways all of these issues i've been discussing about like trying to figure out how to find this balance between myself and like german realities and, and like german culture and all this kind of stuff it's just been really tricky, and I think part of it's because I've never lived anywhere other than Freiburg and so I don't know what is Freiburg, what is southern Germany versus anywhere else in the whole country. <laughs> um, so I don't know, I, I guess I'm starting to feel more curiosity about other places. Another thing is like I'm, I'm just increasingly frustrated that I can't become a citizen. I think that's another thing that it keeps me feeling like an expat because the only way that I could ever get citizenship here is if I give up my US one. And I don't intend to do that. And in Germany's view, that means that I can't become a German citizen. And it bothers me that I can't vote. It bothers me that I don't have a say in how any of this works. But I'm I'm a part of it. You know, I, I am in the community and I am here. and I am integrated by all measures. Um, and so over time, that just gets me more frustrated and makes me be like, well, if I'm not really a- allowed all the way in any way, then maybe I don't need to feel so beholden to just this one place, you know? so. Yeah, I don't really know. I don't really know what that means in the bigger sense. But I think for now, I feel like, yeah, I I do feel like an expat. Like, I feel like I am still here temporarily. I don't know how long. Germany is a giant country. There's a lot to explore. And I don't feel unconnected. (laughs) I guess if you can say it that way. Like, I feel very, very connected to here. But I don't feel German. And I don't feel like an immigrant. So I guess... In that sense, then I do feel like an expat.
1: Well, the good thing about that is that that means that your podcast name is uh, still applicable.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Like if
1: you were to no longer feel like an expat, what would you do? You'd
0: have have to change the the name. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm going to take back the question asking power um, because we're going to round the corner and head to home with the ending segment, which is called Zack, Zack, Zack. It is a rapid fire question round where I ask you three questions that you answer without thinking it, overthinking it. Just go with your gut. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Who is your favorite guy on the current season of The Bachelorettes?
1: Oh my God. This isn't even fair because I'm behind. <laughs> oh. um, but uh, I really like, I liked Nate a lot, but I also really like Tino.
0: Interesting, yeah. that's all I'll say. I don't know.
1: Those are also two of the only names that I can think of right now. So,
0: <laughs> A couple months ago, you visited me here in Freiburg. What was your favorite thing that we did?
1: Um, the World's Largest Pig Museum.
0: Clear obviously. answer.
1: We did a lot of great things. A lot of great uh, yeah, things that would have made it to the top of the list if we hadn't gone to the the World's Largest Pig Museum. But that's just a clear yeah. winner.
0: Once in a lifetime Unfortunately for it should be more often, but
1: might I mean be. you've gone twice. I've gone twice. I'm holding out hope. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll probably go again. <laughs> um and finally, related to this, of all of the rooms, there were what, twenty, no, thirty-two rooms in the world's largest pig museum. What was your yeah. favorite room?
1: Ooh. This was this is really, really hard.
0: Yeah. This
1: is really really difficult. Um for all you listeners who have not yet gone to the World's Largest Pig Museum, um why not? Each room has this theme and and they have this plaque that explains how pigs fit in the theme and then the room is just, <laughs> just filled with pig items. <laughs> Some of them are real stretches. Um I think my favorite room was the one that was about Oh God, there are so many good ones. I just keep changing my mind. I think I'll go with the first one that came to mind, which was the um, the one that was all about like medical pigs. <laughs> um, just because it was really early on in the visit, so I had no idea really what to expect, and and so th- and they had these like scientific jars. What is- it's just like jars? Is it that yeah. you would hold specimens in? and um but inside of the jars were just stuffed animal pigs <laughs> <laughs> it just still cracks me up they just put stuffed animal pigs in like specimen jars and they're like here you go
0: <laughs> science pigs medical
1: here pigs here it is um but i also i also really loved the um gambling room
0: and oh, they yeah. like s-
1: they stretched that one to be like pigs are lucky <laughs> um and then and then there were these um human mannequin figures but with like pig heads but they were like human as if like it was like a, a like some sort of crossbreed between human mm-hmm. and pig sure, um
0: sure. and they
1: were life sized and they were playing craps so it was <laughs> It was really wild. Actually, no, I'm changing my mind completely um, because that reminds me of the dinosaur room. Yeah. Which is not actually a room. It's more of a display and it's an aquarium that has in it like just this ponds and and these like uh, trees and stuff. And it's just filled with dinosaurs And so you're kind of like, why is this in the world's largest pig museum? And then you realize that these tiny little dinosaur figurines um, have pig heads and pig bodies grafted onto them. Just like pig body parts grafted beautifully and repainted so that it blends with the dinosaur. So you think you're looking at this dinosaur scene And it's actually pigs. And I could talk about the Pig Museum forever, but you should all just go.
0: Thanks for coming and asking me all these questions.
1: (laughs) Yeah, thanks for uh, allowing me to come here and ask you lots of questions. It's one of my favorite things.
0: (laughs) Thanks again to Zoe for coming on to the show one more time. I'm linking to the episodes we've done together in the past in the show notes. As always, a reminder to follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at the TheXPatCast, and visit me online at TheXPatCast.com. I want to thank Amy Lungi Art for the logo and Sidehug for the theme music. They're on Instagram and a hug from the side. On Thursday, I'll be back in your feeds with an episode about poem. What the heck it is? How we define it, how we cultivate it. And actually, that topic is inspired by one of the questions in the question and answer episode you just finished listening to. I was asked, when did you start calling Freiburg home? And I answered, but then I just kept thinking about it because I didn't find my answer very satisfying. And and so I decided to just make a whole dang episode about it. That'll be hitting your feeds on Thursday. Till then, have a wonderful week. Bis dann. Tschüss.